This is episode 715 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On this episode, we talk with Fernando Aguirre of The Modern Survivalist. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is usually an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website. But from time to time, I interview members of the preparedness community who can bring a ton of value and information to your preparedness. Links for this podcast can be found in the show notes or on theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. Hey, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website. Other benefits include members-only videos, periodic webinars, and online meetups. This is a great value for $20 a year. For more information, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Hey guys, I also want to remind you that you can follow me over at Buy Me A Coffee. I'm kind of using that as social media and just dropping fun things over there. But you can also sign up for the top 10 articles on Prepper Website. So for $5 a month or $50 a year, I will send you the top 10 articles on Prepper website every week. And so that's a you know a great benefit to where you don't have to go and search through all the different articles that are on Prepper website. You get the top 10. If you are about podcasts and about listening to articles, you can drop them into the Pocket app and you can listen to them on, on the go. So if that's something that you're interested in, head on over to Buy Me A Coffee. There is a link in the show notes or just go check out what I'm doing over there and having a little bit of fun. I want to give a quick shout out to two people that left reviews, one on Apple Podcasts and one on Podbean. Now, the one on Podbean, I can't get to for some reason. It's not allowing me to get to it, but I have it on my email. So I guess Podbean sent me an email and said, hey, you received a comment and it just said, hey, thanks for the great information and the great content. So uh, I don't know who sent that one, but I do appreciate that. And the other one was on Apple uh, Podcasts, and it's from uh, Home at Hearth. And it says, Todd always shares pertinent and valuable information that we can use in being more self-reliant and prepared no matter what happens. It could be storms, power outages, food to have stored should emergencies or the grid being down for whatever reason, and so much more. Todd shares information to help anyone be more prepared and not be caught off guard. I've started listening to the Prepper Website podcast over the last year and looking forward to more that he'll be sharing. Thanks, Todd, for sharing such good and valuable information. And that's Cindy. Hey, thanks, guys, so much for leaving those reviews. I greatly appreciate it. I know that a lot of other people just are leaving leaving, uh, ratings and not necessarily reviewing or leaving comments. And that's great as well. People are able to see those and choose uh, if they want to subscribe to the podcast. So greatly do appreciate that. Hey, on this last prep devotional that I did this last uh, week, I talked about the state of preparedness and I talked uh, about a couple of different podcasts that I'm I'm familiar with. And I knew that when I did that, I was going to leave off people that I wanted to mention. And I forgot to men- mention James Walton and the work that he's doing over at Prepper Broadcasting Network. And then, of course, my friend Mark Goodwin over at Prepper Recon. Now, there's a lot of other podcasters out there, preparedness podcasters, survival, homesteaders that um, I just, I don't know very well, but they're out there and we should support them as well. 
But I just wanted to give those two shouts out because I know these people really well, right? So just while you're out there looking for other podcasts to support and to listen to, make sure that you uh, check these guys out as well. All right, so let's go ahead and move into the episode here and our interview with uh, Fernando Aguirre. Hey, knowing what others have experienced firsthand is a valuable resource for those in the preparedness community. And so one person that has experienced collapse firsthand is Fernando. He experienced the economic collapse in Argentina and shares his practical tips on how to survive when the economy starts to implode. In this episode, he shares what he's seeing now in Europe and the U.S. and what we should be doing about it. So let's go ahead and jump into our interview with Fernando Aguirre of The Modern Survivalist. Fernando, hey, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, man, it's wonderful to be talking with you again. It's been a long time and really looking forward to it. I, uh, I always enjoy our, our conversations. Yeah. Uh, recently, I did a, a pod, well, Prepper website hit 10 years. And uh, so we did awesome. a 10-year anniversary thing. Um, and on the podcast, I talked a little bit about it. And I went back to the very first post that I ever posted. And uh, I, I think I sent it to you, but I just, I just wanted to kind of bring it up. It was posted on September 11th, um, 20, what, 2011 or something along those lines. Actually, I have it up. Yeah. So September uh, 19th, sorry, 2011. And, um, you know, it was over at SHTF plan where, you know, Mac uh, had, yeah. had posted one of your, your articles there. And it was about you know, economic collapse. And someone was asking you a question about economic collapse and, you know, what could be some of the possible triggers. And man, I thought that was such an interesting article. I'm so glad that we let off proper website with that one. But one of the things that when you're paying attention to that, you're, you're, you're re I'm rereading that it's more, it, it's more relevant today than yeah. it was back then. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's crazy, right? How, how things, I mean, we've been in this for a very long time. You know, we, we go back, we go way back, man. We've been doing this for a while, but you're absolutely right. Now it's more, I mean, it used to be a lot more distant, like something that happens in South America and Argentina or whatnot. Now you're, you're seeing it, uh, some of these things firsthand. And I mean, it could get a lot worse for sure. But a lot of this, it's, it's things that people never thought they'd see in the United States. A lot of people are like slapped across the face, like, what's going on here? What, where am I? <laughs> it's insane. It's crazy. It, it, it really is. So before, before we get into talking about some of the things, um, you know, maybe some of your recommendations and things like that, what, what are you noticing over in Europe? Are, are you nervous about the things that you're seeing? And, you know, before, before we got on to record, I was on Twitter and I was watching the protests in Italy because yeah. as of, you know, as we're recording this, what, uh, on uh, you know, October 17th, you know, October 15th, they had the mandate that if you don't have, uh, you know, you don't have your papers, let's just say it that way, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't, you can't work. And so there's all different kinds of protests and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, what are you, what are you noticing over there? Man, there's, this is a topic we could talk for hours, but don't notice one thing they're protesting as at least. In the United States, no one is even complaining about this. I mean, we, we complain about it online, you know, we, uh, uh, us from our community, but we are like, we're on the defense. We're like being attacked all over. We have to be, I mean, we have to be careful what we say on YouTube so as to not lose our channels. We have to get vaccine. If you want to say, if you want, if you're in the military, you want to stay there, you have to get it. 
If you are in medical field, same thing. If you are a government employee, same thing. I mean, and, and people are just, you know, complaining about it online, but not actually, at least the freaking Italians are gathering in mass and trying to you know, <laughs> change things. I'm, I'm really amazed by, by how of the, all of this has gone down specifically in the United States. And people were like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, but what can we do about it? This, you know, crazy Joe is doing his thing. And, but man, they are, they are getting away with it. And uh, Italy would be a, a good example of, of you know, yeah, it, it's particularly serious over there. France, you also need it for like going into restaurants and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, I could give you the example of France, but in New York, it's the exact same thing. You cannot go to a restaurant without that. So if France, France and Italy would be two of the ones that are more noticeable. If, for example, in Switzerland, very advanced society. They have all the resources you could possibly have. They have like half of the population got it. The other one, like 50 or 60%. The rest are not interested and they're not forced. Their government is not forcing them to do any of this. Sweden, which I lost count of how many times I've read in forums about my, my, my buddies in the United States laughing at these commies. In Sweden. They didn't do any lockdowns. None. Not a single day. Nothing. And those are supposed to be the commies Look how, how they, they got through this. And their numbers are, are, about, are among the best of all of Europe and the, the rest of the world. So we, we, we kind of, of see these things. And um, I mean, one of the things they, they try to do in, in, in Spain was uh, force you know, a, a passport. Uh, some, and they said, no, it's against the Constitution. You cannot do that. And they were just shot down right away. You, you cannot do it because it's against the constitution. You cannot force people to do this. And this is not the United States. This is in Spain, which has a commie government right now. But they said, well, we cannot do it because you cannot force people to do this. So when one community or one region tried to impose it, they, they, they shot it down right away. It is incredible that you're seeing a lot less freedom in the United States right now than in many of these countries that you would assume have a lot less of it. Anyway, that's the, how complex I see it, this evolving, right? Yeah, I, I well, there's, there's pockets, right? So mm. you brought up New York in, in Texas. Yeah, it sounds- <laughs> in, in, in Texas, our, uh, you know, our governor said that no, no, uh, nobody could mandate it. No business, no, no, mm. nothing could mandate it. Um, I, I know that there's some of the uh, uh, like Southwest Airlines or whatever they're they're letting go of their people, and uh, we know that some of the hospitals have let go of their people because of that. But uh, I don't know how that's going to all translate and uh, how that's all going to come about. But there's different. It's it's really weird because here in the United States, there's pockets. There's certain states uh, that are standing up a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I look at. Canada, just, you know, North America, yeah, well, you, you know, and it's like you, you're seeing some of the, the same things there as well. I, I think people, I, I think here in the United States, if, if it got mm-hmm. bad, if people really started feeling it, you would see protests like, you would see more. Yeah. I, I really do think that uh, in some of the, um, I, well, I, I would say like, if, if they tried to do that in Texas, I can't even imagine how crazy it would get. Uh, at least that's what I, that's what I think. What would yeah, happen? Yeah. I mean, yeah. but nothing, nothing surprises me anymore. You know, mm. it's just like people just kind of c- continually go with it. I was uh, I was on Twitter and I saw someone who said, 
you know, how many people have been asked for their papers, right? And yeah. I, uh, it was almost more, I, I felt like he was asking it kind of like in, in a joke, but then people started mm. responding. And yeah. <laughs> some people were like, I've never been asked before. Uh, I get asked all the time, you know, and somebody responded in New York I and mean, you can't go into any place. You know, they always ask me for, for proof, you know, and yeah, so yeah. It's, 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 it's crazy. Are, are you nervous about what you're seeing over in Europe? You know, eh, n- not really, no, not all that much. Uh, there, there's things I, you know, I have a lot more hope because I see that there's countries in which they, they push back pretty hard and they didn't allow any of this, especially as, as you were saying, it's a good example, like you said, like in pockets, you, know, you mentioned Texas, Florida, and you look at New York and California, it looks like another country or another parallel universe, not even another country. It looks like a you know, uh, parallel dimension. And, and the same thing, for example, as I was saying before, the, the, the Swiss, you know, are super respectful about your rights in this kind of thing. The Swedish are obviously uh, way ahead in terms of we are not closing down our country over this. And, and they, their numbers support their, their choice. They were extremely criticized. Back in the day when everything was lockdown, 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 they were like, these areas are going to be dying in mass. No, didn't happen. Um, Eastern Europe is usually more uh, respectful of the, and people resist a lot more. Now, the, the Hungarian present, which is pretty good in some aspects, like you know, protecting children for, from the woke culture and the, the sex stuff in schools. He said, enough of this nonsense. We're going to be passing a law protecting children. So he did that very well. But on the other hand, he was pretty strict in terms of, of the mandates for, for vaccination, which, you know, it, it kind of leaves you not fully decided on, on where he stands on some of these things. But usually I would say that Eastern Europe is a lot more um, aware and respectful of those sort, sort of things. Uh, Germany, for example, you would think of the, these Germans are, are super, you know, the, the, the famous, the, the idea, they, they were very respectful of people's choices in, in most cases. They, they didn't have any of And if you look at the numbers, again, I, th- I think it's like 60% of people that got it, 60, 70 at most. I don't remember exactly, but it's nowhere near us in some other places where pretty much everyone has to get it. Um, it goes by pockets, you know, kind of like in the United States with the states over there. In Europe, it goes by, by country and the cultural aspect of how much they respect people or not. If they're a bit more authoritarian, they show their true colors. If they're a bit more... And it, sometimes it's, you know, like in the case of, of UK, you know, people that, you know, a woman that got murdered by an active duty police officer using this as an excuse as to take her away, rape her and murder her and burn her body. And people are like, well, you know, these things happen. Well, yeah, it didn't used to happen nearly as much as it's happening right now. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> I, I have a question because as you're over there in Europe and you're dealing with other people, I'm always curious, how do people feel about the United States and those yeah. of us over here? I mean, we get, I, I know that there's certain ideas that people might have. I'm just curious. What, what do people say? No, in general, people are, it, again, it depends on where you are. Some places are, are, are kind of more snobby about themselves and, and, and consider themselves better. The, the places that are more touristy are definitely much more open and, yeah, you're very. They love Americans in, in general. You're, you're not going to be seeing. I think it's. 
it's weird, man, because again, you're going to be getting a lot more hate from your left-wing American or your, your Democrat in the United States than you're going to be getting from 99.9% of anyone you're going to be coming across in Europe. By all means, I'll make that bet all day long. Anywhere in Europe, any country, and some are a little bit more, you know, less nice than others, a, you know, culturally more cold, you could even say, but not, a, you know, they're, they're not uh, rude, but, you know, more distant. Um, but I would say that 99% of the cases, you're going to be finding people that, yeah, that's, you know, perfectly cool with, with Americans. While on the other hand, they're trying to make you think that you're the most hated person in the planet because of it, which by all means is not true. No. Cool. All right. That's good. Good, good to know. So moving into, you know, uh, the topic for today. In the preparedness community, we have a couple of different people who talk about collapse in, in, in different, um, I guess, different countries. So, you know, we have Selko who talks about it over in the Balkans and Bosnia. Uh, we have JG, you know, Jose Martinez, who talks about it in Venezuela. And then, of course, you've been talking about Argentina for many, many years. When you, when you look at it, and I guess the other thing is, those were isolated places, isolated times. You know, the things that were going on in Bosnia were happening in, everything was great over here in the United States and other parts yeah. of Europe. Things that were happening in Venezuela, we were all looking at that over there and like, man, that sucks that that is going on. We're hearing about, you know, diapers and, and feminine hygiene products. And then all of a sudden, boom, it, it went downhill. Um, you know, the healthcare and all of that kind of stuff. But over here, we were fine. When you look at everything now, it's like the, the world is kind of coming to a standstill. Yeah. For me, I don't feel like it's Bosnia or Venezuela. I feel like it's more like what happened in Argentina. And I just wanted yeah. to get your thoughts on that. I mean, it's not it's not localized to the United States. It's it's all over the world right now. But I just wanted to get your idea on, on the economy and, and, and the overall feeling. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's yeah, it's a it's a valid uh, point because in, in with Bosnia it was more of a militaristic thing going on. It was actually it was more you know war going on. We're going to be dealing with war because there's a, a an, an ethnic background to it, and it it is you know it became extremely dirty because of, you know civilians were specifically being targeted, and there was ethnic cleansing to a point. So it was very brutal, but it was more of a of a, a uh, you know the, the classic aspect of, of warfare and, and how brutal and, and savage it can get. Um, and in the case of Argentina, or even I often think of it in terms of Argentina and Venezuela. There's this thing that you know most Argentines say is uh, Argenzuela, like Argentina is becoming Venezuela little by little. Venezuela would be the more far fetched, you know, you know, completely off the rails with, with a with a complete. Uh, communist, the authoritarian regime running things in Argentina. They're still trying to pretend they're not like them, but they are. And it's, it's not as accepted. But one of the things I, I struggle with a lot is trying to explain to people how we are a lot more similar than we like to admit. We like to admit we're all exceptional and we're all super special. And that's, you know, basic human nature. We, I mean, to a point we are, we are all magical creatures of, of, stardust and we're very unique and it is absolutely true that you're you're unique and um, and especially in that regard um but when it get, comes down to human nature we are a lot more similar 
people become desperate for someone of the same reasons. If your kids don't have food, you're going to be losing your mind. If you don't have water in a few hours, you're going to be uh, up to anything, even before when you thought, no, I'm an extremely civilized person. Okay, let me talk with you again after a couple of days without water. Let's have that conversation again. Ah, oh, but you guys in South America, okay, let me see how you think if your kids are without food for three or four days. You're going you're gonna to be capable of anything, even things that you never consider yourself, yourself capable of. So there's this idea that things are going to be working different because one of the things I get a lot is, well, we have more guns here. Guns are... And as we always say, guns are just a tool. And if you're an evil person, you're going to be doing, look at this guy in the Norwegian guy that with, with a bow and arrow killed five people. It wasn't because of a gun. The guy just want to kill people. And there's been examples of terrorists doing this with cars or trucks. It's about the heart, not about the tool. So whenever I hear, but we have more guns. Yes. But do you have the, the will to actually fight? Is it something that you see people capable of? when pushed hard enough, how, how far is far enough before people react? Usually everywhere, this goes for Americans, for Venezuelans, for Argentines, or for Japanese, people just take a lot more crap than we like to admit we would be capable of, right? So, and you're seeing it right now, as you're saying, it, maybe not so much in Texas, but people in California, people in New York, people in some of these states, they're being abused as if they're living in some you know, nightmare of a dictatorship. I mean, what's going on in California, it's kind of ridiculous in terms of completely uh, subdued to the woke culture up to a point where, where you cannot be left wing enough. You know, nothing you do is good enough for some of these folks. And, and who's going to be reacting to that? So I, I think that the breaking point for people in general is a lot more than you'd assume. And it's not comfortable because... We like thinking of, no, we, we never put up with that. Man, people put up with so much as a, as, a, as a society, as a mass of people. Sure, someone loses his mind and reacts. And so, but in, in general, as a, as a mass of, of population, it's, it's incredible. I mean, the way in which we've been lied, I mean, we can't even talk about, talk about it in YouTube, but the way in which we've been lied time and again by the World Health Organization, by the different countries and their leaders, time and time and again, lied all the time. You're constantly looking for information that you could possibly believe, but even with good intentions, you're just realizing, man, you're just fooling me like, like a child. You're trying to treat me like a little five-year-old kid. And I know you're lying to me. I know you're, you're messing with me. And I, I just want to have actual information so as to make adult decisions. And I cannot find that because the media is definitely not on my side. I have to do this on my own. Do I, who ha, Todd, who has the time for this? Who has the time for doing the kind of research that we do? If you're working your ass off trying to put food on the table when your businesses are being closed, when you're being sabotaged left and right all the time by your own government, pretty much in most countries. So we're dealing with, with some uh, insane circumstances. In, in Argentina, the, the economic aspect was, was seriously bad because you had a, a complete breakdown of the economic system and the the currency lost all its value. So inflation was, was huge, made worse by a socialist government, you know, uh, 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 a left-wing government that was trying to reinvent themselves as these revolutionary Che Guevara, you know, version of themselves. And 
unfortunately, you're seeing a lot of this right now in the United States. They're trying to go with that line of we're these woke uh, revolutionaries that, yeah, kind of their own version of what a Che Guevara revolution or a Cuba revolution would be. I, I don't think a lot of people look at the, the socialist aspect of what's going on and, and, and link those together. I mean, you're very right there. When we're so used to, we, we grew up watching the news, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I'll be, I, I grew up, even when I was like 18, 19 years old, watching Nightline on, you know, ABC Nightline and Dan Rather and all those other Tom Brokaw and all the, all those other guys would come on and, and, and I would stay up after the, the, the local news to watch that because I was just interested in what was going on. And, and you just trusted those guys, um, right. you know, but now it's like you can't, you're, you're right. You can't, where do you go? And you start talking, you start trying to have conversations with people and they go back to like, you know, why would doctors push this shot if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't uh, something legit? Well, a lot of people don't realize that, that the doctors are connected to hospitals that are owned by corporations that are pushing the the, the, the whole money aspect of it, you know? So it, if they don't tow the line, they don't get paid, you know, and they, they, they go into losing their, uh, their license or losing their jobs and losing the money and, and the, and the lifestyle that they have. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things out there. You're right about the, we don't have time. Luckily in, you know, in my email group, we have people that do a lot of research and so they're able to, uh, I, I know I've brought up some things and people were like sharing out tons of, hey, I found this, I found this, I found this. And, and I, I really do appreciate uh, when they do those kinds of things. So you really have to go out there on your own and, and know where to look. Um, yeah. Do we ever go Mad Max on this? <laughs> yeah, look, it, you, you just mentioned the, the, I used to watch CNN and actually get information from them. I mean, you're somewhat of... of of the same back in the day you watch cnn and it was news right now you turn it on and you know you're getting propaganda that's all you're getting from those people <laughs> there's nothing in terms of news from them anymore and it used to be an outlet like okay what's going on in the world i turn it on and i watch it now you're constantly being lied you're constantly being tr it, you know it, right now they discovered by a, a meta study that aspirin reduces hospitalizations and death like 50 percent did they really realize this now? Did it take them so long just to realize what damn aspirin that's all over the place and people take it all the time? Did, didn't they know this about it before? Why weren't they saying it before? If they, they had to know. I mean, if you're a doctor, one of the first questions, are you taking aspirin? Okay, okay. this should be interesting. We're in the middle of a pandemic and if something drops uh, fatalities by 50%, then it's maybe something I want to mention. No, they just kept all of that hidden so as to make it uh, a business model. There was a, this was a great business model for them. As you're saying, doctors, hospitals, pharmaceuticals, they look at this and say, okay, how much are we going to be profiting from this? How is it that we're going to be making trillions with this? Uh, okay, how much money do we lose if we tell people that taking freaking aspirin reduces hospitalizations by 50%? It, the business model doesn't work. So it is, man. And how will we end up in Mad Max? I don't, I don't think so. I think we're going to be ending up in something a lot more sinister and a lot less fun than Mad Max. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, it, it's going to be something a lot less flashy and depressing and no one's going to be wanting to watch that movie. Um, we're going in, into 
we're going into a world where freedom is becoming extremely scarce. You know, it, it is becoming extremely rare and little by little, they keep on chipping away and you have to do this. You, have, you lose your, if you don't comply, you, you lose your job, man. Always keeping people scared. You have to be scared all the time. Yeah. You're sending your kids to school. Okay. Yeah. But you're not falling in line with, with the agenda. We will just arrest you. Didn't they do that with, with a father that a father that was complaining about his daughter getting raped in the bathroom of these gender exclusive excluded bathrooms by a, a transgender a gender fluid kid uh, raped this fifteen year old girl and the father was complaining they got him arrested in in the parents in the parents teacher meeting this is the kind of thing you you think was you know fiction this doesn't happen in, in the real world but it is. And it's getting more and more people are being arrested for, for their thought. I mean, we're in the thought police world right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and we saw this in Australia. You probably saw that yourself. This woman that got a knock on her door and she started filming right away, knowing what this was about. Yeah. Why are you filming? Because I know what this is about. Okay. Have you said online that you're going to be participating in a pro? You're being, they're checking on you because of what you post online and you, you commented on maybe assisting to a, a demonstration or a protest. It is insanity. And it's so easy to say, oh, those poor guys in Australia, it's happening everywhere. You're getting swatted for not falling in line with, with a narrative. Yeah, I, I, I think that's what a lot of people who are paying attention are worried about because they see it happening in other places. And then it's like, okay, hey, we can kind of see it in pockets over here. And what are the next steps? So yeah. the definitely the the freedom aspect of that. And again, I'm very grateful for where I live in in the fact that um, there, there's a lot more freedom here. Um, I mean that that could change. You know, with an election, that could change just like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I, I'm not unaware of that. I know that here in in Texas, all the big cities went, you know, went for the Democrats and it was more the rural and the suburbs went for the Republicans. And and so we still have that. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know where it will yeah. wind up going. So we have that freedom aspect of it, but we also have the economy. And so you're, you know, we have those two things kind of coupled together yeah. are going to start. Um, I, I think people are going to start feeling the pinch. I mean, right now, I don't think it's as bad as it's going to be, but I, I think it's starting to get there. We're starting to see pockets of things not being there on the shelves. It's not for whatever reason, you know, for whatever reason it might be, you know, yeah. we're starting to see that. I know that there are people who are saying um, they, they go to get their car fixed and they're being told we can't get the parts uh, or it's going to, you know, it's going to be weeks before we can get the parts. Uh, yeah. I know that my, uh, my boss had a washing machine that broke. They couldn't get the parts. They finally just gave her a replacement washing machine. They said, here, we, we can't yeah, get the yeah. parts, but we're just going to give you a brand new one, you know, instead of getting the parts. And I mean, you know, that that's kind of crazy. Um, on a recent pod, a recent video that you did, you talked about a pyramid. Uh, you were talking about the UK and you talked about the pyramid. I thought that was very interesting. And then how we're going to see, because of the economy, we'll see people dropping in their social classes, social economic right. classes. Can you can you share that or expand on that a little bit more here um, for those that didn't watch your video? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's well, this is one of the things that uh, I think I wrote it even in, in my first book, you know, when, when I wrote about the, the economic collapse in Argentina, I was I was in, in, in college and this was one of those classes in which you're, you're explained, right? The, the different social pyramids or, or a, a developed country, a poor country, how, you know, the ideal thing would be you have a, a pyramid that has a very thick middle class and, you know, people are mostly very well off and doing, I mean, no one is super rich, but most people have a nice life, you know, that you can have your, your stuff, you enjoy your life. And, and that's, you know, we cannot, we cannot all be, you know, Bill Gates millionaires, the world would not be enough for everyone to do that. Um, and living in extreme poverty would not be something all that pleasant either. But it is, there's a lot to be said about, you know, the, the hardworking middle class and moving somewhere there. And, you know, you, you work hard, you, you, you get those rewards that you deserve, and you're not doing all that great, but you're still having a decent life and all. So having that, you know, wide middle class is, is probably what, most would consider the ideal of a society, right? You, your boss makes maybe a little bit more money than you, not too much more. You know, it's not like a typical of the third world. You know, the third world uh, status would be the, 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 the boss or el jefe or the guy that owns everything lives like a king beyond your wildest dreams. And everyone else is like, you know, he, have a, a, he has 10,000 extremely poor employees that are just, you know, almost slaves. Um, in, in more developed countries, you see this, you know, even the social strata is not so far off and you kind of live next door to your boss. You know, he, he's, he hasn't got uh, that much more. He, he's, everyone is doing somewhat well. What you see with, um, with an economic collapse, what you see when, and you're right, liberty, freedom, politics, and economy, it all mixes up. When, when you have these left-wing socialist governments, they're excellent at ruining societies ruining economies they start they usually start printing money right away like they're doing now you know the idea of we're going to be the incentives we're going to be doing give, giving you the the bucks whatever uh, for whatever reason but you're going to put it putting money in your pocket and everyone is fine with that i mean even in the gun forums where i often frequent you know, what are you going to be getting with your trump bucks you know and, and this is this is donald trump which would be one of the guys that we were in favor of yeah, but, but he's giving you money and no, no one is complaining about it. No one gave it back. You know, what, what gun are you, you going to be buying with your Trump bucks? Okay, you, you got your Trump bucks. Now you have your, your Uncle Joe bucks or your COVID bucks or whatever bucks. But at the same time, that printer is running all day long and that's never good. No matter who, who is, who's running it, it's never good. And of course, the, the, the socialists are the ones that are, are more vicious about it. They just love the idea of, I'm going to be giving you this so as to get your votes. And they also know that the poorer and more ignorant you are, the more likely you are to have to be falling in line and voting for them because this is the, the kind of, they live off poverty. They like the idea of having people that are dependent on them. Uh, in Argentina, we ended up with a, a society where uh, four different generations, none of them had a decent job ever. They were, you know, the, the grandfather, the father, the kid, and the kid has his own kid. And, and the same thing happens in other places. In UK, for example, I, I read so many times, yeah, the, the little princess is pregnant. So we're getting a, a bigger council house, you know, 14-year-old daughter pregnant, and the family is cheering because now they're going to be getting a house with an extra room because their 14-year-old is pregnant. So many of those, you, you can find them all day long in daily, daily mail, the website. It's, you know, 
it's creating a society that depends on you all the time. Um, I think that when, when you see this happening, when, when people talk about inflation, when people talk about poverty, they don't realize that there's a shift in that pyramid. That means that more and more people that used to be middle class now start dropping and become poor. And if it's five, you know, 5% inflation, which is nothing, these days, the inflation is two, three times more than its official number. It's really not reflecting. I mean, you look at the prices of gasoline or the price of building a new house, and that's where you get your real inflation. It is nowhere near. So all of this means that uh, how would you survive? How well would you do if everything costs twice as much? If you go to a grocery store and everything costs twice as much, how much food, food are you going to be able to buy? Some, some people may be perfectly fine with having their expenses be two, three times what they currently are. Their budget, their income can take that. So maybe they're not going to be buying the, uh, a new car this year, but they're going to be fine. Maybe they're not going to be going on vacations today, this year, but they'll just get by. Um, the worse this gets, the more and more people start dropping. And what used to be upper middle class becomes middle class or lower middle class. What used to be middle class becomes poor. And the guy that was already lower middle class or poor, he's the one It's going to be going through a very tough time. Because you're talking about we don't have enough money to put the, you know, the, the calories on the table, or if we have to buy those, we have to buy worse stuff. We cannot afford meat anymore. We have to think more of spaghetti and and, and mac and cheese because those, you know, the, the, that uh, beef is not going to be there nearly as much anymore. And going to the doctor, no, we cannot afford that anymore. That's too expensive. We'll, we'll just we'll just get by. Visit going to the dentist, get, getting yourself checked. No, these are things that are beyond our budget. That means you're becoming poor. Even if you have the latest video games, even if you have three or four cars parked outside, if you cannot afford those things or you have to make those changes, you're slowly becoming more poor and your quality of life is dropping. The worse inflation gets, the more you feel this. Now, at the same time, some of those guys on the very top those guys often take advantage of this. They, they find ways of profiting from this because all of a sudden people are, are more desperate. They have different needs, which you can capitalize on if you know how to uh, you know, you know, take advantage of that, profit from that. Um, and you're already in a position where you know, if you're like a, you're a huge landowner, you're, you're Bill Gates, you have, you know, you're the la- largest landowner of the United States, food is expensive, okay, that's too bad. You're going to be paying for it because you don't have a choice of eating or not. The guy making that for you, he's going to be better off. If you're like a, a small farmer, a, a small producer, you're going to be getting crushed by guys like that. They're going to be actively looking to destroy you because you're not what they want. So these guys are going to be looking at ways of destroying what you have, buying off your land, you know, taking it away from you through different means, which they have many of, they have different tools. And it's becoming that, you know, that, the globalist elite kind of uh, of new world order that the conspiracy theorists used to talk about, but now the lady in Australia is saying, uh, "Have you seen the, the the Australian lady talking about? Well, for the new world order, have you seen yeah, that one? Yeah, yeah, that's scary stuff, man. Because they're <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is. It's like right in your face right now. Yeah. You know, they they don't care about." Uh, hiding it anymore is just like right there and uh, it's easy to <laughs> say that's over in Australia but I mean how long before it starts coming over here and I mean it's kind of like in your face already some of the things you were talking about people kind of dropping 
I think we're starting to see some of those things now mm-hmm. where the poor are starting to feel it, you know, when uh, just a little bit more, it's not super bad, bad, but I think they're starting to feel it. And so I think that, uh, I mean, even, even during COVID uh, mm-hmm. we had um, a lot of the uh, food pantries. I mean, they were just running out of running out of food. There was, there was people in, who had like Mercedes Mercedes Benz in line waiting to get food. Um, mm-hmm. That could have been partly because of COVID. That could have been partly because of they lost their job and they didn't have uh, money coming yeah. in. Yeah. I, w- I wish we could get some kind of, uh, I mean, there's got to be some t- statistics out there right now of how people are doing, uh, how the, the food pantries are doing right now. And if, if they're at, you know, capacity being able to give uh, people food and stuff like that. I have a good number for you before COVID. I think it was, you know, people can look this up so as to get the accurate number, but before COVID half, half of the American population didn't have a disposable income of four, or four, 400 bucks. They didn't have 400 bucks to go through a, you know, a rough little patch, 400 right. bucks. Half of the population, half of the country didn't have 400 bucks to deal with some little emergency. How did those people do? Well, those are the people that just, you know, did whatever they, they could. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that statistic that's uh, and, and it's got to be so much worse now, you know, in, in, in dealing with that, man. Um, so it's, it's one of those things you know, that we've been talking about this. So it's not, the whole collapse, the whole you know, Mad Max, that the the, the stuff mm. of all the, the 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 fictional books that we read in the preparedness community and those that have become popular, it's this slow decline that begins to eat away at like freedom, uh, your 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 money, and your overall quality of life. So as we're seeing those types of things happening, and as they're starting to come, you know, one of the things that I, I hate is when people say it's too late to prepare or it's too late to make any, yeah. I'm like, no, it's never, you know, yeah. it, it's not going to be as easy as it was before. Um, you know, if you were wanting to go out and buy land, yeah, it's not going to be as cheap as it was. Cause here, I mean, you could sell your house and make a lot of money right now, but you might not be able to find property that you can move into. Uh, it's just, it, it's a, it's a, a seller's market right now, at least where, where I'm at, but looking at all those different things, what should people be doing right now man yeah it's that that's a great point uh, you know relocating may be something that a lot of people may want to do before it's too late even in this awful market right now because as you just said it is it is very bad now having said that there's people that are sitting on something that could be a lot of money and they could buy a, a decent chunk of land in a state where they have a lot more freedom than what they're enjoying right now in California or in New York so and, and it's never easy it's never easy to do that but this is something we, we talk a lot with, with Matt Bracking in, during the, the the weekend podcast about you know moving moving out of the blue hives you know where you are certainly going to be a lot more exposed to your body checking on your social media if you said anything you're you're not allowed to say then living like that is awful you know living like that is it's just pretty denigrating in many ways um that would be one of the main things i try to focus on look at where you are and 
take a good look, good long look at it. And I get it that if you have family, if you have friends, if you have already a network, you know that place. It's not always all that easy. And maybe it's not. It's just not for you. Maybe you have to stay wherever it is that you are because you have, you know, reasons that are beyond what, you know, very personal reasons. And you just make that call. Just decide that. But for a lot of people, I'm certain they would be a lot better off moving to states like Texas, Florida, some of these places where you have a, a much better shot at protecting your freedoms and, and rights on the long run. You know, as you said, all of this can change in a vote. In a vote, you may end up, especially when they have control over the entire federal government, that is a pretty bad position to be in already. But it's just made worse by having the local government already going after you and having it's not just the local government, it's the people. Because you, you're seeing this, people ratting on each other. You know, you said on that meeting that you were and, and, and you get a knock on your door over and stuff like this. So it's, it's not just about the politicians and the government. It's about the society of where you are. And that would be one of the big things, trying to get your, your, your finances in order, cutting any expenses you don't actually need. You, you can always work on that quite a bit. And you know, if you talk to 10 different people, likely all those 10 people have different income, different budget. And one of them would be wondering, hey, how can that guy live on less than I do? Well, he finds ways of doing it. You know, he's more resourceful. He doesn't spend st- money on stuff that is not as necessary. Usually, you can cut it quite a bit on, on your expenses if you, you know, if, if you have to. It's always better to do it ahead of time and not wait until you're drowning, right? When you're with, with a rope on your neck. Um, but that would be something. And then working on a personal level, you know, trying to stay happy, motivated. One of the things we, we often talk is, you know, staying healthy, try to stay in shape, look after yourself. But even beyond that mental, the mental aspect, are you happy with your life, with your marriage, with your kids? Are you, okay? are you enjoying life right now? Are you okay? That may all seem like tribal, like, like, like trivial, like, but it's super important. If you're not okay here, then, you know, it doesn't matter how many hours you hit the gym every single day you're going to be struggling, especially when things get even worse than they are now. I was actually looking at making a, a video on, 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 how, on, on, on sleeping, on your bed, your bedroom. How is all that set up? Are you getting actual rest or you're just dropping conscious on a, on a chunk of plastic that, that, is, that is, is, is not really getting you the, you know, the, the rest that you need? All of these things may seem silly, but man, they are super important. Uh, how strong you are on a, on, a, on a personal level, emotional, family level, that is going to be giving you so much more. It's, you know, it's, the th- it's one of the things that's even more important than physical, you know, being healthy, well-being. That's even more important because this is the thing that runs the rest. If you're not well over here, nothing, and if you're well here, you're going to be finding solutions. You're going to be finding a way of making more money. You're going to be finding a way of, of relocating, moving, of you're going to be staying active and finding solutions to your problems. Uh, and you know, instead, one of the criticisms that we could go for is people focusing on stuff. You know, how many guns do you have? Are you, well, well, I have 35. And if you just have 10, I'm a lot better off for, for the end of the world. Man, I think that if people are not seeing it already, they'll never see it. But it's not. I mean, I love guns. I, I enjoy them a great deal. I'm actually back from, from shooting this this morning. Uh, but it, it's not just about that. It's just part of it. You know, self-defense, finances, personal well, well-being, uh, it, all of this is 
you know, the way we, we do prepare this, or at least the way I try to do it in the channel, being more holistic, you know, all encompassing. Um, this is the way I think is, um, especially right now with everything going on right now, I think it's, uh, it's proving that this is the, the right approach. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when the lockdowns happen and people did not have that connection to somebody else, they, yeah. there was a lot of depression. There was a lot of, yeah. um, I, I, I think Japan had suicides like, you know, crazy. And I mean, I think we're seeing those all over the place as well for, you know, young people who are used to being in connection with other people that they they lost that they didn't have that. I know down here, you know, I work in the in the, the school district. They tried really hard to, and you know, we opened up last year completely to where kids had the choice if they wanted to or, or, or not to come back. And as we went throughout the, the school year, more and more kept coming back. I mean, by the time we got to the end of the school year, we were almost like at 78% full and the, the rest were, were still doing it online. But even the, um, the, the graduations, you know, ha having a graduation, yeah. uh, a face-to-face -face graduation with all the precautions in there. But a lot of parents and a lot of students were very grateful for that because a lot of other school districts didn't even have that. They either had it online or they didn't have one at all. Um, one of the, the really important uh, or one of the, the, the memes I saw on social media that uh, one of my teacher friends put up was uh, the fourth graders that are in school uh, today, the, this year, the last time the, that they saw a regular school year was was when they were first graders, you know? So, yeah. you know, they had last year was third grade. It wasn't a regular year. The year before that ended off, it was uh, second grade. And so first grade, I mean, from first grade to fourth grade, you had a full year that it, it's it's a really big deal when you're talking about that in the, just the uh, the social well-being, social emotional well-being of, of people. Well, for those that are listening on the podcast, when you were saying up here, you were talking about mentally, you're, you know, yeah. so I just want to clarify that yeah. with, yeah, with yeah. everybody. Um, of course, I mean, I'll, I'll be posting this on Odyssey so people will be able to see it there, um, see the video. But one of the things with, with finances, and so I remember watching a video it was a, it was an older video in Argentina, and people were talking about, uh, you know, when when everything kind of shut down, it happened so fast. They were going and trying to get money out, and they, they were only allowed to get so much money out of the ATM machines and and different things like that. I know that one of the questions that came up in my uh, my email group was about four hundred ones. What do we do? You know, do you pull your money out of four hundred ones? Do you do that? Uh, you know, what do you you know, do? You leave money in the bank? Do you leave? You know. With yeah. all those different kinds of things, I think people are, at least those that are maybe self most more preparedness and self-reliant minded, are trying to think ahead before they get caught uh, in a situation where they're not able to access, you know, their funds and, and money and things like that. What what would you say to something? And I know that you're not a financial planner. I'm not. I'm not asking you to give us financial planning advice or whatever. Mm -hmm. But from your experience um, yeah. in Argentina, what what would you suggest there? No, that, that, that's that's great. Yeah. First of all, as you just said, I, I'm no financial advisor. Anything you do is going to be up to your own decision. So don't take anything I <laughs> I, I say as a, you know, my, uh, my suggestion is not even advice. My suggestion is, you know, have at least a, a couple months worth of expenses in, in cash, you know, just, just in case. I, I think that even most financial advisors would, would say something, well, maybe not most, but 
talking with people that that know their stuff that is fairly common you know having a couple months of expenses in cash in a safe place you know be smart about it it's not always just about having a safe maybe the safe is more of a decoy and the actual cash is very well hidden keep in mind that cash is sensitive to you know rats mice insect water so you have to protect it well uh, be be clever about that but having it well hidden if you are smart about it you can have it pretty well hidden and it's you know, even in a in a robbery, they they're not going to be finding it if you do it correctly. But that is huge in terms of having a, a couple, so having some breathing room in case things go wrong. I can tell you firsthand experience that when banks close their doors and they say, "Sir, they don't answer your phone anymore. They just don't have to answer you anymore. <laughs> they don't have to answer your phone. They don't answer your emails. They don't answer anything. And if you go to the actual bank, the physical brick and mortar place, the door is closed." you're going to be feeling your heart dropping from your throat all the way to the floor. It's going to be, I mean, people have died, um, not just a handful. A lot of people have died over the distress of something like this just kills you. Or, or even literally people that needed money for life-saving surgery, they had the money tied in the bank. The bank froze their accounts and no, no matter, no amount of complaining or, or explaining achieved anything. People died having the money to afford life-saving surgeries. They've died because they couldn't get the money out of the bank. They couldn't care any, any less. The truth is that the moment the money is in their hands, it's no longer yours. You're just, you know, you, you gave them to them and they're lending you little by little until you actually gain control of it again. So the idea of having a, at least a couple expenses or, you know, people that can afford more by all means. I mean, I know people that have, you know, a year of expenses worth of cash. And to a degree, the, the way in which you plan this, if you combine it with other tools, such as a, a second citizenship, this is getting a little bit more complex, but, you know, it, it's not as difficult as sometimes people think. They think this is more James Bond kind of thing. If you're Italian, if you're Spanish, if you're Irish, if you're English, if you're from UK, there's a good chance that doing just a, a little bit of paperwork and sit, sitting on it, giving it some time, and you just send a, a bit of paperwork and spend a few bucks on it. A couple of years later, maybe you have a you know a passport that literally allows you to walk into a place and say, "I'm a citizen here." And no, it, this is not about being a, an illegal immigrant crossing border or. No, this is actually doing things right and doing things with, you know, according to the law of the land. This is the way in which you can do things. So I think it's silly not to take advantage of, of the tools that you actually have. I mean, if you want to get more philosophical, it's about your ancestry, it's about your, you know, where you're from, it's your, your, um, your heritage in many ways. So why not have that? And that gives you a huge uh, tool for some of the more, you know, some of the more complex financial workings of having a, a, an account, you know, off, you know, off the system. This is, a, I'm talking with people. I, I talk with uh, this, this guy, Paulo Ortiz, who's a yeah, financial guy. And he's, he, he was a, a huge believer in the, the five flag, you know, thing of having, you know, the, the, the possibility of movement and moving physically and moving the money from one place to the other. If one uh, system is collapsing, you can quickly move it. If you have uh, an account open elsewhere, you can move it and spare it from getting trapped from a frozen account. That's the kind of thing that made all the difference in the world for people in Argentina, Greece. I think you know, a number of other countries that went through this stuff, that is, that is a big advantage if you can do that. Cash is, is an important one as well. 
gold and silver, precious metals, you know, the classic for most uh, prepper survivalists, we have precious metals. There's a lot to be said about that. Yeah, as long as you hold it physically in your hand, you have a, a, a handful of silver, that's going to be worth. People in Venezuela know this perfectly well. They dive into the gutter looking for a silver earring, you know, not a silver coin. Just a, a little bit of silver means they're going to be buying some food that day. That is huge. That is terribly important. Uh, if you think you can just stack a, a few uh, uh, silver eagles, uh, go go with that. You know, if especially the price right now is actually quite low. So if you can, if you can, it's a good moment to start. You know, to buy silver. If you haven't done so already. Uh, gold is it's not as as high as it could be either. So either way. Um, silver is usually what people get started with. Gold is a little bit more light. So if you have an important amount of it, uh, gold is a lot more compact if you have to move around. But uh, those would be the things that I think uh, you know, give you some financial tools. I, I, I think that cryptocurrency is a big uh, advantage as well. And as I always say in my channel, don't put anything you're not willing to lose. At least that would be my basic advice. I mean, it is it's been doing great. I think that it went up like 25%, but then it drops like 15%. But if you look at it at the long run, it's worth like $40,000, $50,000 when it used to be a couple thousand not that long ago. So sure. But you know, none of this is, is, is something you, you want to put anything you cannot afford. You were talking about uh, you know, cashing out on, on, your, on, on your 401. On your 401. Yeah. Man, that is an extremely personal choice. If if it's doing well for you, you know, leave it as it is. If if it's something you 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 may you know, my advice would be stay on top of the news. Look what's going on. If you feel that there's there's the slightest possibility of a bank run, no country can survive a bank run. A bank run, you no country has the liquidity for that. I mean, if everyone goes to the bank right now and says, "Give me my money." the system just collapses. So the moment people are, this is very emotional. People think of this as it's all numbers and fine. And you, you see the, the, this woman, you know, the, you see all, all these uh, gray haired economists on the news because we're five, 3.5% is the moment people freak out and everyone goes at the same time, that's, that's all over. You know, Yellen or whoever is in charge of, of the Federal Reserve right now, they can do nothing about it. The moment people want their money back, banks have to close. There's no other way. Were there any signs in Argentina before it got to that lockdown thing where they locked everybody out that you that you can remember yeah. that you can point to? Yeah, well, this is this would be one of those big things. The, the idea of you go to a bank and they don't have any cash for you anymore, or they start limiting the amount of cash. And somewhat of sure, if you have you know if you have half a million dollars in the in the bank and you want to close, you may have to you know let them know ahead of time so as to organize things and so on. But if if they don't have like ten thousand bucks and they don't have like a thousand bucks, I mean, I went. I remember going to the bank. This is actually something that happened. We went to the the bank so as to close the account because we were already hearing rumors. And you know, my sister and I, we had you know you know as younger people had a. Uh, a few bucks there. They didn't have a thousand bucks in the bank just to give us when we wanted to close the account. And this, no, we don't have that here. You don't have a thousand bucks in the bank. <laughs> it's not, you, you'll have to go to the main branch. We went to the main branch the following day, they closed the account. They, they closed everything. The following day, they closed everything. They they just said, you're not. And my, my wife's, uh, my mother-in-law, 
she went to the bank and, you know, knowing that the manager of the bank, uh, she asked her, uh, are things really going to be getting this bad? Because we're hearing these rumors. And, and the manager told her, no, ma'am, just relax. That's not going to be happening. Trust me. You know me for many years. This is all. This is fine. The following day, they close. The, they, they froze everyone's accounts. So you can't really trust people that much, especially if they are already in the system. Okay. All right. Do you, I know that I remember, in, in, again, going back to that, that sh show, bartering became a big deal. Um, they even had big O places where, where people would go barter and, and they would even make their own money. I guess they would exchange and, and different things. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. Do you, do you see that as uh, well, first of all, is that still going on in Argentina? You know, because things are very bad right now in Argentina, it's already starting again. And it's, it's getting very sad because people are, are trading with, with food. You know, they're, it's very interesting how, how these things go down. People want food. People want toys for their kids. You, you think nothing is more stupid or silly than a toy. You, know, you're, you would be wrong because for a, a father, a mother, the, the happiness of a child or a, a little moment of joy in, in, in a very depressing time, that is a big thing. But this is something that most preppers or survivalists would front on uh, buying toys. That's silly. <laughs> that doesn't matter. It is extremely valuable. They are trading those things. And I remember that back in the day, I, I remember that when I was you know, uh, getting out of Argentina, one of the things that, I mean, guns and toys, those were the things that people took out of your hands. I mean, uh, I, if I was selling like a, a good gun, of course, you know, firearms, good firearms are, are always sought, sought after and expensive. But uh, my wife was in charge of, of selling the, the kids uh, toys. We only took like, a, you know, we, we told them, you can only take the, one, the couple ones you like the most, your favorite ones, and the rest, you know, it's going. And, you know, we, 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 we were very lucky. I mean, we are very lucky. And, you know, as, as soon as we did that, we, we just, you know, the, the kids, barely even remember what what is stayed behind and by the time we we moved we we bought a bunch more and you know couldn't care less but i remember vividly how there were people that they they bought you know like batches of of, of nicer toys right now it's toys clothes uh, those things are being bartered and trade online like in facebook groups and that sort of thing it's right now pretty pretty hot back in the day it, it, when it, online wasn't as big it was more of you know barter clubs you would go to like a like a fair like something in lo more local you'd sit up a table and you know s trade with that and unfortunately corruption and you know the the organized aspect of it this uh, you know can be kind of shady but usually you would have like a barter club coupon so a coupon from a club and people were bartering even like you know a, a psychiatrist was you know bartering an hour of session for x amount of coupons or even travel agencies you know like you you would see some things that you wouldn't assume uh, people usually think of they're going to be all dressed like mad max chickens guns at, and buying with, with with a few rounds of ammunition now it wasn't as as cool as that but uh, bartering is it works for for i mean and even then people said if i could do this with cash it would be better because you actually have a you know it's better than a than a, uh, a coupon the thing is that if you don't if you don't have some form of coupon or cash it's almost impossible to find someone to exchange directly what you need with what you want so that's one of the big you know problems with bartering that's why we we don't barter in in our, our model economy as a as a standard procedure we use some form of currency uh, but you know something that has 
It, here's where people ha- ask you, then what is it valuable? Well, food is definitely one of those things you, you want to have. Uh, I guess that for a lot of people, it's going to be certain medical supplies, but mostly food, precious metals. Those would be the things that I can pretty much guarantee you it is going to be having a lot of value. Canned food, long-term storage food, that's that's by far the, you know, you could say it's the, the currency of, of, of a collapsed society. That, that's that's good. That's interesting. Uh, important. And I, I completely didn't even, wasn't even thinking about the online, but you're right. We already kind of see that on Facebook and other places where there, there's bartering uh, uh, you know, online. Uh, what about tools? Was tools ever a, a, a deal that you ever, uh, that, that was ever traded? You, you know, I, I've often read that, you know, tools are going to be worth their weight in gold. And I guess that it, I don't think you're going to be re- recovering much of your, if you're planning on buying tools as to trade them for their weight worth in gold, you're going to be very much disappointed because that's not going to be happening. If you want to get gold, just get gold. That's, that's the only thing that's worth its weight in gold is actual gold <laughs> and silver. <laughs> for people that talk that way, you know, I, every once in a while, and you know how this is in the community online, you, I have a chicken and I'm going to be trading this egg for, you know, a, bar of gold. No, you're not. That's not <laughs> going to happen. It's, it's wishful thinking. It, tools are, are very important. And I'm sure that some of the more expensive and maybe some of the more specialized ones, the ones that are very expensive. You know, if you're talking about precision German tools or stuff made in Japan or quality stuff made in China, I guess those would be sought after and would have value. The thing is, you're going to be needing to find someone that uses those tools. And it is true that as things get worse, people become more handy and practical, but it is still something kind of specialized. So you're going to be looking for a a tradesman, a a handyman, or someone that specifically wants good tools. It doesn't compare, for example, if I have to buy something that I know is going to be sought after and good for trade, tuna, cans of tuna through the roof. That's something you're pretty much guaranteed is going to be worth a lot. You know, everyone will want to eat and rice, beans, pasta, all of that is great, but that's a lot cheaper. That's a lot more likely to be found or being provided by the government in an emergency like, you know, that now protein that and can and and fancy protein in little cans, that is a a lot more sought after. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, I mean, as as we're ending out here, what, what would you say? I mean, what do you, anything that you'd like to share before we, we ended here? Yeah, just relax, take a long breath <laughs> and, and relax because we're living in times that are extremely stressful right now. And if you let all of this get to your head, you know, it used to be that when, when in this part of the interview, you would just tell people not to fall for the doom and gloom prepper, you know, the, the prepper is always looking at the sky is falling and no, which we, we always had. The thing is that now you're you're actually seeing the sky falling a little bit, <laughs> and it's it's understandable how it's even more likely to become desperate and lose your mind. But if you if you have your your head you know set straight and you're thinking right, and you know especially if you have if you're fortunate enough to have a, a good family, a good network of, of people around you, um, then, then it's just a matter of making some of these decisions that we're talking about. You know. You know, try to you know, stay healthy psychologically and physically. Try to be happy. Try to do stuff that you actually enjoy. So as to even if we want to go down this rabbit hole in terms of stress 
in, term, in, in terms of your immune system, how that's, this is something that they never bother explaining or talking about, eating healthy, doing a little bit of exercise, you know, get ex sun exposures as to make your own vitamin D to the right amount for you. None of this was even, they, they didn't bother saying any of this, but it's becoming more and more important. And, you know, being smart and some of these decisions that we're explaining here, sure, having the food, having a, a stockpile of supplies for emergencies, for disasters, you know, having self-defense tools, making the right decision of where you're going to be living, where your kids are going to be going to schools, what kind of stuff are they going to be, you know, shoved into their heads in that, in that community based on where they live. All of these things are important decisions that people have to, you know, relax, think about it quite a bit, and and make up their minds. That's that's good, and I think you're right. We don't always talk about the mental aspect of it. Uh, every once in a while, you you'll hear about it, but we don't always talk about how important it is going into stressful situations to be go to go into it already mentally healthy. Um, you're able to process. You know, there's so many people right now that are not mentally healthy because of all the things that are going on. I, I know so many people that just don't even want to consider what's going on because they can't, you know, I, I don't want to talk about the economy. I don't want to talk about, you know, the jab. I don't want to talk about uh, the loss of freedom because I won't be able to sleep at night. And so we got it. We, we definitely have to be uh, healthy in that respect. So uh, that's a, that's a really big point. Hey, talk to us a, just really quickly about your books and uh, share with it for those that are, that are new. I'm getting new listeners all the time. And uh, there's a lot of new listeners as well from, I mean, I've got a, from a, a lot of the English speaking countries, but I'm getting some from Spain. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm getting some from, uh, uh, from all over Europe. Um, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty cool, you know, that, that I'm seeing those numbers from all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and so just share with us a little bit. Sure. Well, uh, you have my channel, The Modern Survivalist or Supervivencia Moderna in Spanish for the, the Spanish crowd. And my books, they have three books. The first one is based on my experience of the economic collapse in Argentina, The Modern Survival Manual, Surviving the Economic Collapse. Uh, then I wrote Bugging Out and Relocating, which is something that a lot of people may want to check out these days. And my latest book, it's called Street Survival Skills, which is maybe the one I, I, I try to you know, recommend people the most because it's more practical stuff, like hands-on stuff that you want to um, you know, put into practice as things get more challenging, as we're seeing more, you know, crime has spiked through the roof as well. It's, it's pretty bad. The level of violence, even not, not even crime, but just violence of people that are just hating one another. So there's a lot of practical things in that book, heavily on self-defense, awareness, uh, home security, and a bunch of our practical stuff that I think uh, people can use. And for the, the economic stuff, probably my first one is the one that's more related to all of that. Yeah, I, I can. I read all three books, and I can attest that your books are really great, really Thanks, practical man. stuff. Not into the, you know, the the the, the prepper <laughs> Mad Max thing, but just real practical things that people can use. So, uh, I, I would highly recommend those books uh, to be on any prepper bookshelf. So, um, yeah, you Thanks, definitely need to get those. All right, Fernando, thanks so much, man, for coming on to the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely, whenever you want, we can talk again. It's it's been my pleasure. Thanks. All right, God bless. Thanks again, Fernando, for that interview and for hanging out with me and uh, the podcast listeners on this episode. Hey, for those of you that are interested in his books, I highly recommend them. Like I said in the interview, uh, I have linked to his books on the uh, in the show notes. Now, 
in the in the show notes on your podcast catcher, I cannot link to the books there. I have to link to them over on the website. So, you know, you can just click the episode link and that'll get you over to the website. And then you can bounce from there and go over to Amazon or go straight to Amazon and just look up Fernando. You can find him pretty, pretty quickly there. And I've also linked to the other episodes. We uh, I've interviewed Fernando two other times on the podcast, and so you can uh, easily find those uh, through the links that I have left in the show notes. Well, guys, that's it for episode 715. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app, and that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com where we daily link to 8 to 12 articles of the very best prepper survival, homesteading, and other self-reliant articles on the web. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 hand-picked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.